0: welcome to the christian faith fellowship church podcast we are a church that believes in praying going and life-changing discipleship in jesus we are so glad you joined in for this message if you enjoy what you hear follow us to stay connected with our future updates and podcasts here is one mind in christ grab a bible and a notebook and get ready to learn here we go You know, that's a really tough act to follow, getting up there after that video was on. I'm one of the ones that she was talking about First service that sat here crying. Did it again, this service. I've been in those countries, not the Philippines, but I've been in other countries, and I've seen people living in garbage dumps. I've seen the cardboard houses, and I'll tell you what, we are so... Phenomenally blessed in this nation, even with the things that are going on right now, we are still the most prosperous and blessed nation in the entire world. So, glory to God for that. And I just want to do one more thing. You know, I I'm kind of our missions director here as well as being pastoral care, and there's a family that started worshiping with us a few weeks ago, a month ago, a month and a half ago, somewhere in there, and uh, I was really blessed because it's one of the ministries that I really love following, and that's Walter Hovingholm. And Megan, who's the director in Oxford, has been coming here with her family. And if you get a chance, just say hello to them. But this week, I follow her on Facebook. Like I tell everybody, I kind of stalk people on Facebook. It's not that I'm stalking to find out all your personal things, but it's really cool to be able to pull up a post and see three young ladies that their lives were in the pit of hell. And now, they're walking with the Lord, they graduated from the program, and they've got set on. And you know what, Megan? Rah! Ra. That is one of, the, one of the ministries that I get so excited about, because they're local enough, we get to go and actually check out what they're doing there, and then to see things like that, and see these ladies moving forward. God is so good. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just want to thank you for today. Father, anoint this vessel to share your word, Lord. Again, Lord, I just ask you, speak through me. Don't let it be my words, let it be yours. And Father, I praise you for this, in Jesus' name, amen. So the message today is one mind in Christ. Now, we talk about that so many times, but I want to share some insights into this from my own life but also for you to be able to grab a hold of. So if you would, would you turn to Philippians chapter 1 verse 27? Philippians chapter 1 verse 27. And Philippians chapter 1:27 says, "Only let your conduct be worthy of the gospel of Christ." so that whether I come and see you or am absent, I may hear of your affairs, that you stand fast in one spirit, with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel, and not in any way terrified by your adversaries. Now, I'll finish the scripture in a minute, but I want to break this down real quick not terrified by your adversaries. Okay, I had a conversation this morning, and it really showed me something, and I was able to speak into it, so I want to speak into it again. How many know that we have a world around us that is led by our number one adversary? Okay, but remember something, folks. We are aware of the wiles of the enemy. We shouldn't be ambushed. So, in that respect, we should never be terrified. It doesn't mean that we're overjoyed when something bad happens, but we should never be terrified. What should we be? Prepared in our armor and prayerful that it's turned back around the other way. You know, it's an amazing thing as a child of history. I love history and I love to study it. The reason that I love to study history is people that don't know history are often deemed to repeat it. I don't want to repeat bad history. I want to repeat good history. Okay, what is good history? The Word of God. And the things that Jesus did, and the things that the apostles did, the prophets did, the good things. Okay? We should never be terrified by our adversaries, which is to them a proof of perdition. And I'll explain that in a minute. To but to you of salvation that from God For to you it has been granted on behalf of Christ not only to believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me, the Apostle Paul says, and now here is in me. Now, I want to explain something to you. When it says that about which is to them a proof of perdition, The people that are unregenerated that are in this world are the ones that are on their way to perdition. They're on the road to perdition. I'll put it bluntly. They're on their way to hell. Why are they on their way to hell? Because they don't acknowledge a Savior. They don't acknowledge. In fact, in the conversation I had this morning, it was about a news clip about a thing that took place on television and right now they are saying and mocking that there is no God. It's funny how the Bible itself says only a fool, only a fool says in his heart there is no God and they are so fooled and so extreme by it that they're on their way to hell and they're laughing about it. Yet. Are we supposed to fall into that with them? Are we supposed to be terrified of that with them or by them? We're not, are we? What are we supposed to do? Stand fast on the gospel. You know, I love the way that Paul said this. He says, okay, and believe in him, but also to suffer for his sake, having the same conflict which you saw in me and now here is in me. Okay, Paul was saying he's coming back to see people. Jesus is saying he's coming back he's watching us. What does he want us to to do? Where does he want to see us? He wants to see us standing strong in one mind with him, okay in one mind in one direction. Now, let me ask you a question: How many of you saw or have read the Gospels of Jesus Christ? How many of you noticed? That what would be deemed his rights were violated daily. I never saw Jesus stand up and start screaming about his rights. Never. You know, it's an amazing thing how he didn't call us to condone or agree with evil, nor did he call us to come and cast aspersions about it. Or be vindictive about it. What did he call us to do? Love, pray, stand fast, hold on, be prepared, know that these things are coming. You know, it, it amazes me that I see, having looked at history many times, And being just old enough now, I'm not old, but I'm just old enough. (laughs) And that's going to be my claim to fame until the day God calls me home. But just old enough to remember things. I remember a movie years ago. My parents thought it was this great movie, okay? It was about what was called the Scopes Trial. And my parents were like, oh yeah, it presented a whole different outlook on things. Yes, it did. It was so old that Spencer Tracy starred in the movie. That's how long ago it was made. It was to do with a trial that took place in the early 1900s or late 1800s, and it had to do with evolution being taught in school. It was a big deal because... Well, it presented a different viewpoint, and maybe maybe it wouldn't be bad to hear that viewpoint, except for one thing. There's no factual base to it. And my parents used to tell me all the time, well, you know, you gotta have a differing view every once in a while. And I'm like, no, I don't. I can follow facts. What do you mean, facts? Okay. Evolution. And, yeah, I'm going to talk about it because it's one of my favorite things. Evolution. Okay. Evolution freed us from something. We don't have to have the mind of Christ because, after all, we were made from primordial goop. So when you get right down to it, I'm just a muddy little blob that came to this earth from who knows where and became who knows what. And once we find the missing link, we can tie it all in together. I love humor, so I'm going to share something from my childhood with you. My mother had a saying for me. If there is mud within five miles, he's going to find it. I would leave the house in clean clothes, washed, bathed, the whole works, and I would come home covered from here to there in mud. Never knew where I got it, and I used to tell her all the time, but I was in the brook playing behind the house. It should have washed off. Sounded good to an 8, 10, 12-year-old or whatever. But here's something factual. Every time I cleaned that mud off, I would take a look at it when it came off of me. Do you know what never happened? It never became life. It was mud. It was dirt. From dirt it came to dirt it remained. Why is that important, if we find the missing link? It's a theory. Most worldly science is based on theory. Do you know when they prove science out for the truth? This is going to blow you away. Usually, when a scientist becomes a Christian and lines it up with the Word of God, all of a sudden they can figure it out. Oh that's why that's like that that's why the earth is round because the bible actually said the earth is round but it took a scientist to discover it (gasps) the earth's round I read the bible the earth's round God said so it's an amazing thing it's also an amazing thing that everything that was created by God's voice, was made in its own image. Everything. All the animals. Has anybody ever seen a horse dog? Okay. Deb's sitting back there. I see her. How about a cow sheep? You ever seen one of them? Why not? because each was made unto its own. It was made unto its own seed. It was created that way by the spoken word of God. Do you know the only being or the only creation on the face of this earth that God made? He created a lot. He created the stars, the heavens, the moons, everything. But then it says from the dirt of the earth he made man. Made man. Made man. Wait a minute, what about the animals? No, he spoke them. What about the grass? Spoke it. Planets? Spoke it. But man he made. He made man is his image. His divine image. His divine nature, His divine being. In one being, He made them complete, male and female. And then, ladies, you got the better side of the deal because, according to my mother and all them, no matter how good I could ever get, I'd always be a little bit of a dirtbag because God made me from dirt. Then He put me to sleep and took from me a rib and made my wife. Okay, for married couples, that's why when you get into a very nice discussion and you look at each other and go, I don't understand you, men, we have an out. I was asleep. (laughs) Okay? So, get over it. I wasn't there when you were made, so I really don't know, but can you explain it to me? Okay, why is that significant? It is so significant to the mind of Christ that so many people have missed it through all of eternity. You, each and every one of you, were made in the specific image of Almighty God You are his masterpiece. You are his great creation. You are his one and only you that there ever is. I don't care if, I love our pastor back here. I don't care if you're like our pastor and her sister twins. You're the only you there is, Diane and Deb. You're the only you there is. Why is that important? When I was a kid, I used to get so mad at my mom when they made you, they broke the mold. I got a little older and looked at her one day and went, you are absolutely right because I am the only me that there is. People look at me and they go, why is that so important? I have a saying for people. If God has everybody's picture on his refrigerator, mine's the big one in the middle with flashing lights, hearts all around it that says, favorite son, favorite son, favorite son. <laughs> Not for anything, but you all ought to be thinking that way. Because God's refrigerator is big enough to say that about you. He doesn't have a favorite. He has His creation, His image, His likeness. I don't care what the world says about me. I don't care what the world says about us. I care what God says about us. We are His. We are His creation. He cares about us. You know, I'm no one around here for my hugs, okay? Well, can I tell you something about those hugs? Those hugs are like-minded with Christ. Do you know why they're like-minded? Because every time I stand there and put my arms out with a smile on my face and somebody comes up to me and they've got a smile on their face and they give me a hug, I see the image of Christ in them. And it's like Christ himself just hugged me again. Boy, that gives you a whole different perspective, doesn't it? It gives you a whole different outlook. That's being like-minded with Christ. Am I happy with the things that I see in this world? No. But am I going to make a fool out of myself, yelling, screaming, protesting, whatever else? No, I'm going to do what Jesus did. I'm going to bite my tongue even though I want to lash out, and I'm going to pray. There are times, brothers and sisters, hear me right, There are times when I have a brother or a sister that I have change in my pocket with. In other words, I've got enough of a relationship and I see them do something or in the middle of something that I know is not godly good for them. At that point, I can walk up to them, put my arm around them and say, you know that thing that you just did? You might want to rethink that you might want to think of a different way to do it. Why? Because God loves me enough to correct me, and He's used people who mentor me to correct me when I'm doing things I shouldn't, and I love people enough to want to correct them and see them grow in Christ. See, that's huge. That's bringing us into into that place, into that zone. I want to see each of us in that zone. I want to see us in that place. One of my favorite things, most people know this, I'm in charge of the prayer chain around here. I see almost every prayer request from this church that goes forth. Boy, I love to pray. I love to pray in agreement with people. But you know, there's been times when I've walked up to people who come up to me and say, you need to pray for me, or you need to pray for this situation. And they ask me over and over and over and over and over, until I get to the point where I stop and I look at them very gently and I go, do you even believe that you're going to receive that answer that I'm praying for? Or are you just leaning on me to pray for you, that God here. Well, you know, you have the connection with God. Well, then you're never going to get your answer. And I said that to somebody one day, and they looked at me and they go, what? I said, well, you're never going to get your answer because you're not believing. It's not a matter of faith. It's a matter of knowing. Remember the mind of Christ? Okay. When Jesus prayed, when did he believe for the answer? Anybody? He believed when he prayed for the answer to be delivered. When he said amen, it was done. There was only one time that I ever saw in the Word where Jesus prayed twice for somebody. And that was the man who was blind. And he laid his hands on him after he spit on the ground and made mud. And he laid his hands on him and then he took his hands away. He says, how do you see? Well, I see men, but they look like trees. And he laid his hands on him again and he prayed and his eyesight cleared up completely. Oh, do you mean that Jesus didn't have enough faith to be answered? No, it had nothing to do with Jesus. It had to do with the man. The man probably wasn't believing for a full restoration. He probably had doubt in the back of his mind. But thank God for our Lord having the sense and the sensibility for people that he did to stay there and say, okay, I'm going to lay my hands on you again, and you're going to be made whole. Did that make less of Jesus? No, it made more. Because Jesus was standing there believing from the very moment. But it was the man he had to stand there and get in line with him. See, we have to line up with him completely. We have to believe in him completely. What he says, what he does, what we read in the gospel, what we read in the word, we have to trust it. We have to believe it, and we have to go with it. There are no mistakes in my Bible. None. From Genesis all the way through to the end of Revelation, there's not one mistake in my Bible. I can't find it. And so I have the mind of Christ in that respect. Turn to Romans 15, verse 1. Romans 15, verse 1. This is one of my favorite things to share with people. We then who are strong ought to bear with the scruples of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me for whatever things are written before were written for our learning, that we, through the patience and comfort of the Scriptures, did you hear that? Through the patience and and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like-minded, toward one another according to Christ Jesus that you may with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, I have to tell you the honest truth about this. Okay, sometimes things become burdensome. Okay, I am pastoral care minister here. I love to be in compassion with people, to hear from people, to love on people, to do my best to try to turn their thoughts and patterns around to the thoughts and patterns of Christ. Sometimes I get tired, and I just need to know when I'm like that to take a step back, take a breath, and take a break. Why is that? Because I don't want my burdens to become other people's. It's not that I'm bearing everybody's burden, but God gave me a heart of empathy. I've had a lot of life experiences where I'm able to walk into a situation and go, oh, my heart breaks for you because I understand it. I've been through this. And i got to be honest with you. I realize now, boy, I had a lot of stuff happen in my life so that I could be Christ-minded and be able to share with other people and be able to hook up with them when they were hurting. See, I don't like to dwell on my hurts. I don't like to live in my hurt. Okay, and I can tell you something. A couple years ago, I got hurt pretty big. And it was really hard for me to operate for a season in that. But then God turned it around because I started to focus on Him. And I got something out of it. And I want to share this with you. I want to be able to look at you and say, when we're weak, then somebody else can be strong on our behalf as well. I had people that come that came alongside of me that picked me up just like I try to pick people up. And it's not just picking up believers. Did you know that? Sometimes we can pick up unbelievers. Sometimes we can be a rescue mission. And you know what's really funny? The first scripture I shared with you shows they're on the road to perdition. In other words, they're on their way to hell. But imagine all of a sudden they get a glimpse of Christ. It may not germinate right then, but that seed gets planted. And then you stand back and start to water it. You start to look at somebody who really, you know, boy, they're just, Antichrist is all get out, and you start to be friendly. I know that's a tough thing in this world right now. Okay, I've had the conversations with people. I've had the, the person of Antichrist come right here and explain to me all the errors of my ways, and I just stand there and smile at them. Really disarms them in a lot of ways because they really want an argument and you don't argue with them. What's funny is some of those people have come back to me later and said, all right, how were you able to handle that well because I have a savior and I know where I'm going what I have a savior and I know where I'm going oh you're going to use that Jesus crutch again um yeah he said I could it's okay well that's all you do Jesus 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 really when was the last time that I mentioned him to you well you've never really said it but I see it in you all the time thank you really ticks them right off, because then they don't have an argument. And it's like, I just really knocked you down. Did you know that? No, you just called me Christ-like. Why? Because you saw Jesus in me. Christian, Christ-like. It's an amazing thing. So what is the mind of Christ in that respect? Don't revile for reviling Instead, try to stand above it and be kind, loving, and compassionate. Not easy. But you know what? I never saw Jesus stand up with a protest sign. Never. Now, how many know His rights were violated many, 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 many times? Okay? Okay. I'm just putting it out there. And would you please turn to Philippians chapter 2. This is another one of those scriptures by the Apostle Paul. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, that does not mean go out and buy a Honda, of one mind, let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem himself or esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. You know, this is where pretty much my whole ministry is looking at others, at what can be done for them. And see, this is something that started in me a long time ago, and then the world really tried to wash out of me, and then God brought it back. That we need to think more of other people than ourselves. We need to give them not only the benefit of the doubt, but actually look up to them and lift them up and try to give them the expectation that they can be the people that God wanted them to be. It's an amazing thing to me how this world tries and is trying so very hard to conform us into one image of the world. <gasps> Let's be coexistent. I love that bumper sticker that people have because I'm like, Wow, coexistent means schizophrenia. <laughs> Cause you don't know who you are. I have an identity. I don't fit in any of those. Okay, no problem. It's an amazing thing how for us to be peculiar is so opposite of the world saying, oh yeah, we're going to have peace among all people because we're all going to be the same. No We're not. I am not. That's all there is to it. Why? I have the mind of Christ that says to me that I am His. I belong to Him. His people belong to Him. So many others that still don't know Him belong to Him. They just haven't gotten a hold of the thought of it yet one of my favorite statements to make to somebody is when they come up and say i am praying for this loved one and they are so far removed from god that's okay the only one who doesn't know they're saved is them What? trust me i'm praying they're the only ones who don't know they're born again and it's so good because i had a family that was here and the wife was praying for the husband and finally she comes in and she looks at me and she goes Oh my goodness, last service. Do you know who it was that stuck your hand up in the air? And I go, yeah, the guy I've been praying for. Well, you don't seem like you're, you're totally taken by surprise. I said, I'm not. I've seen him saved for the last five years. And she was like, what? And I said, do you live in the house with him? Yes. Have you been praying for him? Yes. He didn't stand a chance. He was gonna get born again. The only one who didn't know it was him. Well, how can you say that? Because I was him. I couldn't tell you that. I made my parents pray. And then my wife came along and answered a prayer, or the woman I wanted to go out with and marry, who looked at me and said, If you wanna marry me, you gotta go to church. I got to church and I got born again ticked her off so bad (laughs) because she was bringing me to church to get rid of me i got born again and here i still am and if she was still here she'd be right there (laughs) and see that's where the mind of christ comes in i've never wondered since then oh you got to pray for this person They are so, okay, they're already born again in my mind, in my heart. They're coming. That's all there is to it. It's already done. Wow, how can you say that? I didn't. Jesus did. Wherever two agree is touching anything. Okay, if somebody asks me to pray, that's one. If I pray, that's two. And Jesus is in the midst of it, so that's three. They don't stand a chance. It's pure fact. What about the evil in this world? Why do you think that our pastor and many others who are just like him have such a burden of prayer now that they've never had before? Because we are supposed to be like-minded with Christ, and what did he do? Prayed and prayed, and prayed, and prayed. And I don't care if you don't like the person. It's got nothing to do with you. It's got to do with the mind of Christ and His heart in you. Pray, pray, pray. Pray for your enemies. Well, how should I pray? If you don't know anything else, Pray for their salvation because the Word of God says they're on their way to the road of perdition. Wow, it got quiet on that statement. But you know, I'm just being real honest with you. In 1 Peter chapter 1, starting with verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not conforming yourselves to the former lust, as in, the, as in your ignorance, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. You know, I got to be honest with you. That is one of the most heart wrenching scriptures there is in my life sometimes. Because I was a great arguer. Okay? I could argue with the best of them and usually come out feeling like I won, tearing the other person down and giving the other person a piece of my mind. I found out something, and it really grieved me a lot because that was my former lust as in ignorance. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. I have done my best, I don't always succeed, to stop arguing, to stop wanting to be the quick retort, the quick thought off the top of the head, the quick, sharp, cutting, knife statement to the heart of somebody else. Again, it's real quiet in here. But you know what? It's so much more rewarding to bite your tongue. I have teeth marks on mine. You have no idea how many times I want to... and I bite my tongue and hang on and try very hard not to say it. That doesn't make me glorious. All it makes me is a work in progress. I'm starting to show my maturity, finally, because I don't respond. And I have a lot of opportunities. Believe me, I have a lot of opportunities, okay? the ministries that I'm involved with, and I'll just share this with you, it's hard to be in the firehouse sometimes. Okay? The words that go flying past me, I'm like... And I bite my tongue, and I turn red and everything else, but I don't want to respond. I don't want to take part In what's going on I could I used to be great at it (laughs) boy I usually had five comments in the back of my head ready to go the split second that it took place but now I have the mind of Christ that says it's better to be the one that looks at people when it's all said and done and say do you feel better that you just had verbal diarrhea all over that person Well, no, not really. Okay. Well, you're never involved in those conversations. No! Why not? Because I'd rather be the one standing here with a smile on my face when it's all done, walking over to the person who you just decimated and saying, hey, listen, you're doing okay. You made a mistake, but let me show you how to fix that. You know, it's easy to tear somebody else down and rip them apart But boy, sometimes it's so rewarding to take that person and pull them off to the side and say, here, this is the way you should have done this. And then watch them succeed the next time. And the best part is, watch them when the person that tore them apart goes, wow, you did good. Yes, they did, didn't they? Man, they are the best. Why? Why? because that's what Christ does with us. He sees us as the best. He sees us in our best moments. He sees us in our worst moments and still sees us best. Isn't that an amazing thing? See, I did this first service and it isn't in my notes. It wasn't to be part of it, but God kind of led me to this because I think there's some people here that need to hear this. One of the things about prayer and being in the mind of Christ, we don't always get the prayer that we prayed for in the way we prayed for it. And I'm going to give you an example that's very personal. And it's a little... but I'm going to share it with you anyway. When my wife got sick, I was praying like nobody could ever believe. I was praying so hard that God was going to heal her. I trusted Him that He was going to heal her. I trusted Him that He was going to do the best for her that He wanted. I want you to understand that last statement. The best for her that he wanted. My prayer always involved a statement, and I prayed it right from the heart of Jesus. Lord, you know I want her here. I want her whole. I want her complete. But nevertheless, your will... And your great wisdom, not my selfishness. And I got asked a number of times by people well, if you were trusting God for your wife to be healed and she wasn't, how do you feel now? I love my God and Father more than anybody could ever imagine. Why? Because he had great thoughts, plans, and purposes that I could not understand. And he welcomed her to himself, willingly, lovingly, gently, and I'm going to be a little humorous in this. Her and I talked about this many times, and she used to tell me right out, oh, if you go before me, I'm praying you back. And I said, don't. Because I'll be standing right at the throne of Jesus going, don't listen to her, don't listen, don't do it, because I'm not going back. I had a tough few months because of me. I never once, not one moment, not one minute, not one second did I ever have anger frustration, or distrust of my God. He answered my prayer the way that he saw fit, not the way I wanted. If I got my wants, she'd been sitting right there right now. But he knew what was best for her. He knew better than I did. And it gave me the strength to stand there and look at everybody and go, okay, it's time. Was I happy? No. But happy is based on happenings. It's emotion. Was I joyful? Do you know something? The devil is so ticked off at me and so upset at me, and I'll say this very boldly, personally, he is very ticked at me because he couldn't steal my joy even taking my partner away from me. is that about me no it's about him it's everything to do with him he knew what was best he knew the outcome before I ever did I just thank God that her and I had conversations over 25 years of marriage about okay if we're ever on life support what do we do well you give it enough time and if it if they if everything has been done and nothing's happening let go so praise god can i tell you something no sickness no pain no terror no taxes no walking into a grocery store you're used to seeing overflowing and standing there and going where the heck is everything no political junk no anything I have to be honest with you. For anybody that has that thought in the back of their mind about, oh, God took her from you, He did not. He welcomed my wife to His presence, and He did it with glory, and He did it with honor, and He did it with dignity. And I will proclaim that until the day I go. So, if you've ever had a doubt about that, I hope I put it out of your mind. And I have to tell you, I am very blunt about the way I pray about things. And I'm also very blunt the way I talk about things. I have great compassion for those that have lost loved ones. It breaks my heart to see what goes on in their hearts. And now, I really empathize with it. I can really stand there and look at somebody and go, I know what you're feeling. And at the same time, that brought me into an even more like-minded place with Christ because now I can pour me out into other people and give them the comfort that they need. See, it isn't about the individual It's about the mind of Christ in the body of Christ. There's people in this body that have experienced things I never have. Boy, don't be afraid to show that and share that with others. Don't be afraid to grab somebody else when they're hurting and say, oh man, you know Jesus loves you. He cares for you. He died for you. Did you know that? That amazes me. Every single day of my life, I think about that. He died for me. Wow. And I have one more scripture 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 and 14. Watch and stand fast in the faith, be brave, be strong let all that you do be done with love and i pray after today that each person is going to take a look at themselves their actions their statements and say am i doing this in love or am i doing this in conformity with the world cuz jesus made another statement He said they would know us by our love. Wow. Convicts me to be more loving to other people, to be more open to them. But stand fast. Don't give up. Don't give in. Don't surrender. Stand fast. What are we standing fast in? Hey, I'm like-minded with Christ. When I take my last breath here, I'm going to be standing with Him, and if He comes before that, even better. I'll be joining my wife in the air. Praise God. I hope that gives you a little hope. I pray that gives you something to hang on to, and I gives I I pray that it gives you like it does me something to inspire to aspire to, because I am not standing up here saying I've arrived. I hope you all got that. I'm on my way to where I'm going. Haven't arrived yet. Okay? But I've come a long way from where I started. Thank God. One thing that I have to tell you, the love of Christ is the thing that gave me that like mind with Him. His love in my heart, His love and adoration that He gave to me, The love that said, I loved you so much that I allowed myself to be stretched out and hung on a cross for you. There is nothing like that love. There is nothing you will ever find like that in your life. And if you don't know that, I want to give you an opportunity. The Bible says it very clearly in Romans 10 that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. So I'm going to give you that opportunity now. If you would all just bow your heads and repeat after me. Almighty Father, I thank You for Your Son, that He is my Lord and my Savior. I know that he is the Son of God, that he died on the cross, and he rose again. And now, Lord, I ask him into my heart. I thank you that by the work on the cross, I was forgiven and received me today. In Jesus' name, amen and if you prayed that prayer with every head bowed and every eye closed except for the altar workers can i ask you if you did pray that prayer would you just raise your hand we have some information we would love to give you there's one in the back of the church praise the lord and we just have some information we want to give you and we want to share with you to help you get started on your walk please If you don't know him, don't leave today without taking one of those packets. Okay. Well, for the person in the back, and I'm sorry, I got a camera in my way, so I can't see you. But for the person in the back that just raised your hand, we celebrate with you as the heavens celebrate because today the very angels celebrate that you received the Lord Jesus Christ. And now, Father, as I close this service, I thank you for this word that went forth. I pray, Lord, that it gave people something to hang on to and hold on to. I thank you, Lord, that you made us like-minded with you. And I praise you today, Lord, that we are your children called in your name And I thank you for your love, your compassion, your healing, and your great grace upon us. And now, Lord, I bless them. I bless these people in the name of Jesus. I thank you that they are the head and not the tail, above only and not beneath, that they are blessed in all their ways, that they are highly favored, deeply loved. And I praise you and thank you for this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks everybody. God bless you all. Have a wonderful day.